It's testing trials by holding on to Elohim. They have borne the whoredom of their parents and forefathers, yet they have their old man, that is their flesh man in this lust, broken down, humbled, and deadened. As a result, they're no longer fleshly or worldly, but are now reborn spiritually via the water of the word and of Ruach HaKodesh. Within the book of Joshua, we can expect to learn the plan of Elohim concerning the body of Yahushua, i.e. his ecclesia and those born-again believers that make up spiritual Israel. We'll, we'll learn how they're to enter into the kingdom of Elohim, what to expect one sin, as well as how to proceed one sin. Another perspective we'll be exploring is that of the land and the inhabitants of the land and how the land can speak to the kingdom of Elohim within each and every one of us and how its inhabitants relate to the remnants of the fallen angels, demons, or devils, and other unclean spirits which currently inhabit the land inherited by the born-again believer. You know, so we're talking about the book of Joshua, and today we are in chapter 11. Hallelujah. So, Chapter 11 starts off with verse 1. It says, And it came to pass, when Yahweh, king of Hazor, had heard those things that he sent to Yobab, king of Madam, and to the king of Shimron, and to the king of Akshaf. You know, now we're going to take the time to uh, define these names. So we have Yahweh, which speaks to intelligence, you know, um, speaks to one that will understand or has understanding. Then we have Hazor, you know, which is a city which speaks to an enclosure, um, i.e. a jail, a fortress, or a stronghold. Then we have Yobab, uh, speaks to one that will cause crying or bawling, or one that cries out or that is crying or crying out. And then we have Madon, um, uh, which is the city which speaks to strife or contention. And then there's Shimron, which means guardianship. You know, guardianship in the sense of preserving, though. You know, um, so guardianship in the sense of preserving. Then we have Akshav, uh, which speaks to one that is bewitched or witchcraft or sorcery, uh, fascination, you know, so, a large part of the battles of Joshua speaks to spiritual warfare, because it speaks to the kingdom of Elohim that's within and when your father from above, i.e. I born again, you inherit a type of land. And that type of land is these flesh bodies, which are made from the dust of the earth. They are simply land. Now, there's enemies in the land, even as there were enemies in the land of Canaan. There's enemies within the land of the kingdom of Elohim. There's enemies within your land. And so, I'm going to use my very own example to, to try to exemplify, you know, the essence of this battle that we're reading about. You know, um, I'm going to use my very own example of how I fought to overcome the enemies of my particular land, to, um, the kingdom of Elohim that's within me, and to 
you know, in hopes of demonstrating what this spiritual battle may look like in someone's mm -hmm. life today. So that said, what what we have described here are the enemies that's within us. The head of them, you know, is as Yabin or intelligence. The head of them is intelligent. Don't think that your enemy is dumb. You know, some of them may be a little dumb, but not all of them. <laughs> you know, um, so Yabin speaks to the intelligent or the one that has intelligence, the one who understands us. Don't you know that oftentimes your enemy understands you more than you understand yourself? And that's, that's, that's the truth. You know, he hooks up with other spirits to fight against the Israelite um, and keep him or her bound, such as a spirit of crying out, i.e. a spirit of depression or anger. Because you can cry out from depression or you can cry be crying out due to anger you know now this particular spirit rules over strife or contention and as well as other ruling spirits like those of guardianship and witchcraft or sorcery and so Yavin which speaks to intelligence He's the king of Hazor. So he's the king of strongholds or prisons or, or jails, if you would. And he's a very form, very formidable, uh, formidable foe in our actuality, you know, because. He takes the Israelite and he jails him. He puts him in a stronghold. You know, and it's much harder to fight. It's much harder to fight from within a stronghold than it is while you're free. So, yeah, well, you don't want to find yourself in a stronghold, in a jail, but oftentimes, you know, believers, they do find themselves, you know, bound by something, especially in the early stages of their, of their walk, you know, and, you know, as you, you can see, like, Joshua and the Israelites, they're still in the early stages of being in the land, amen? You know, so Yavin, he is intelligent. He understands us better than we understand ourselves oftentimes. And he uses things like drugs and drinking and gambling and smoking and stealing and social media and sex or pornography, robbing, working, hustling, things such as these, as these he utilized them to jail us. He utilized these type things to keep us bound. He utilized these things as a stronghold in our lives. And he's a very formidable foe. You know, and he's 
the one who rules over all these other spirits that, you know, that we're going to speak to. You know, this is the head honcho. And so for me, my job in was gambling. That was, that's what it was in, in, in my kingdom, in the kingdom of Elohim within me, brother. Um, not my kingdom, it was Yah's kingdom, but it was within me, and this was the guy that was hanging out in my neighborhood, and he was bullying me left and right. He had me bound. And so... When I came into the kingdom of Elohim, I had to uh, I had to fight with this guy and with all his buddies. You know, and it wasn't it wasn't it it wasn't easy to overcome. You know, I had been trying all my life actually. You know, but it wasn't until I got with Yah that I was successful. And then we have Yobab, you know, whose name means crying out. See, and this is one of the spirits that, you know, he called to join him to help keep you bound. See, he gets you to cry out, whether it's from sadness or whether it's from anger. You know, he'd get you to get you to cry out from depression or from anger or from from both. You know, and he'll do this while he have you bound. So here it is. I find myself bound with this spirit of gambling, but at the same time, you know. I'm crying out because I'm depressed when I lose and sometimes become angry, you know, and I'm here to tell you, you, you don't want to, you don't want to bother a gambler while they're gambling because, you know, they will, they will snap at you, you know, and I see why Yobab is the king of strife. Because here it is, I found myself bound to gambling. And I found myself crying out from depression at times and crying out from anger at times. And because I was feeling this way, it affected the relationships in my life. It affected my relationship with my siblings, with my parents, with my with my mate, or you know, it affects all of the the uh, the relationships in in your life. Because usually, when you're feeling depressed or you're feeling angry, you take it out on the people that's closest to you. And you don't tend to take it out with the dealer at the casino. 
you know, or with the other folks in the casino, or you know, wherever you gamble at, you find you find yourself taking it out on those that are closest to you. And so this was very revelatory to me, you know, when I seen your Bob, you know, that he he was a king of crying out, of making making one cry out from depression or anger, you know, to rule over them in contention and strife. And he's very good at what he does. He's very good at what he does. And so this is my story, but I'm certain everybody has a story. And everyone has something the enemy has them bound to. Y'all been takes on different forms and different folks. You know, and your Bob, he will cause you to cry out out of anger or depression. And he would, because you're feeling angry or depressed, you know, you'll begin to take it out on, on your loved ones as well. And I'm sure it's happened to each and every one of you. But those are, he's not the only spirit that, that he's he's in league with. He's also in, in league with one that speaks to a guard. You know, and this guard is there to protect and preserve. He's there to protect the stronghold and to preserve your captivity. Yes. How does he do this? I'm, well, I can tell you exactly how, how he was doing it in my life. My captivity was gambling. That's what I was, that was my stronghold. And he would protect that by allowing me to win sometimes. You know, so I, I would think that, you know, okay, well, man, this is crazy. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm done with this. You know, like, you know, it's just not meant for me to win or something, you know. And then, you know, I win. And then that'll, that'll refuel me and, and I get this new zeal, like, you know, like I'm going to win back everything I ever lost. You know, and some. And it just don't happen like that. <laughs> You know, this guardsman is there to protect the stronghold and to preserve your captivity. And then, Yabin is also in league with spirits of witchcraft. And I found myself, you know, dealing in types of witchcraft. Now, I didn't understand that I was doing witchcraft at the time. But nevertheless, what I was doing had its roots in witchcraft, you know. And I, I have a rabbit's foot, you know, because my lucky rabbit's foot. Thinking that it was going to bring me luck so that I would win. Because I heard rabbit's foot, foot was lucky. I never considered the rabbit that lost his foot. 
wasn't too lucky for him, was it? <laughs> and he had four of them. So, you know, but when you're desperate, you, you start reaching for straws. You know, and, and this is how it is. You know, and then, you know, I would do other things, you know, that was rooted in witchcraft that, you know, I didn't realize it, you know. Um, you know, under the guise of trying to change my luck. How many of you know that luck isn't in scripture? There's no such thing as luck. You know, but here it is. I'll see I'll be losing, so I'll get up and go to another table thinking I'm going to change my luck, you know, or sometimes, you know, if I was playing um, uh, poker or something to that effect, you know, I'd, I'd have them switch the cards, switch a, get a whole new deck, you know, thinking that would change my luck, and various things of this sort, you know, which is actually rooted in witchcraft. You know, so you're not going to change your luck. You know, what you're doing is inviting new spirits, you know, to try, you know, um, to get them to serve you. So, Joshua 11, 2 says, And the kings that were on the, on the north of the mountains, the north side speaks to the dark side. You know, so it speaks about the darkness that was on the north of the mountains and of the plains south of Kinneroth. And these plains actually speaks to like the desert, which was south of Kinneroth. Kinneroth speaks to harps, you know, and so this can be a picture of music. And oftentimes people utilize um, music to change their mood. And the enemy utilizes music to change your mood. You know, and it speaks about, you know, those that were in the valley when you're at a low place. And then the borders of Dor on the west, you know, Dor speaks to a period or habitation or dwelling. You know, and westward speaks to where the light ends. Yes, you'll venture off beyond where the light ends, you know, when you're trying to obtain you know, what you think is important. Verse 3 goes on to say, And to the Canaanites on the east and on the west, and to the Amorite and the Hittite and the Perizzite and the Jebusite and the mountains, and the Hivite under Hermon and the land of Mitzpah. And so Canaanite speaks to the merchants. You know, um, yes, he gets every, the enemy gets everybody in on the battle. He calls people from all over the land or or spirits from all over the land to fight against you. Even the merchants and you use the upper classmen, um, the upper class, you know, and uh, in, in, in my case, you know, the merchants can be viewed as the casinos or the people that was hosting the games. It wasn't always um, casinos, but you know, people who was hosting the game, you know, um, then the Amorites, you know, the upper class, the, the ones who were always winning, 
you know, and the Hittites, you know, the terrorizers, the oppressors, you know, and there's a lot of that that goes on in Gamma, you know. Well, when folks winning, they will terrorize you. <laughs> when they're winning and you're losing, they will terrorize you, you know. Uh, and it goes both ways, you know. Um, when you're winning and they're losing, you, you become the oppressor. You become the terrorizer. You become their Hittite, you know. It goes both ways, you know. Um, and you have that, those Perizzites, the inhabitants of the open country, you know. Um, and these are just regular, everyday uh, folks. The enemy will use them against you, too. And um, the high vice is very similar, you know. Uh, Instead of living in the rural areas, you know, people that you don't see that often, the high vice are the ones that lives right around you. They're, they're your neighbors. Mm -hmm. You know, where the Perizzites are, you know, the folks you see every now and again. You ever uh, had, um, uh, um, well, somebody gave a testimony last week. It was perfect. It, it, you speak to the Perizzites. He was talking about, you know, um, somebody that he only hear from like once a year and they'll call him you know during that time of year and and tempt him you know to you know do something he, you know y'all not be doing you know and you know if they fall victim to that you know that that's like the Perizzites attacking you know they're they're the ones living in the open country you know the ones you think they forgot all about you but then out of the blue they just call you up to get you into some mess. Mm -hmm. It happens, right? You know, then you have the high vice, which are, you know, your neighbors, those that are all around you, the, the villagers, those that live amongst you, you know, and then you have the Yebusites, the trodden, i.e. those pressed, crushed, those that stepped on, you know, they, they're oppressed, you know. My aunt was the ideal Yebusite. You know, she was a fellow gambler, as many people in my family were. But she was a true Yebusite because she never won. And this, it just amazed me, you know, because I've been gambling since, I, well, I, at, at that time I had been gambling since before I could write my name in all actuality. And I had been watching my family gamble. And this one particular aunt, out of all the years from myself being a youth, growing up into an adult, I had never seen her win, not once. And I just wondered, like, why do you keep playing? <laughs> she just never won. You know? But she'll get the game started. Yep, you say. You know, speaks about those under Herman. Herman speaks to a sanctuary. You know, so um, can also speaks to those which are devoted to destruction. And unknowingly, like, yeah, you begin to actually make a religion out of what you're bound with. You begin to make that your sanctuary you begin to worship in that you know and you know I, I found myself you know praying that I win and uh, you know 
doing all kind of crazy stuff in, in hopes of winning. You know, and yeah, it's, it's a, it can become a type of type type of uh, devotion to destruction or you know um, false worship. And then you have the Mizpah. Mizpah just you know speaks to the Watchtower, just letting us know the enemy is always watching. You know, and every time when I would you know be fed up. And I'm like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I'm not. I'm not doing this anymore. You know. Then I notice. You know, um, when I look back in retrospect, I notice like that's when they would attack. That's when they would attack. That's when you know that they'll they'll send someone you know such as the Amorite, you know, one who wins all the time, say, this is why you're not winning. Woo 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 woo. You know, and give you some advice that now you got to go try because they always winning, so they may know what they're talking about. So let me go see if I can win now with this newfound advice. No. Or if the guard, you know, knew I was serious, I was at that point, he'll let me win some. And then he'll take it back later. And that's the interesting thing, you know, uh, you know, especially like with gambling. Like you, you always hear gamblers speak about how much they won. But very seldom do you hear about them speaking about how much they lost. You know, I used to always tell this story about, you know, how I won like 15,000 in, in like 45 minutes. But I never told no one about how I lost 15,000 before I won it over 10 hours. literally was gambling overnight and so yeah there's always a flip side to the coin let me have my first reader read Joshua 11 4 through 8 please and they went out they and all their hosts with them much people even as the sand that is upon the seashore in multitude, with horses and chariots very many. And when all these kings were met together, they came and pitched together at the waters of Merom to fight against Israel. And Yahuwah said unto Joshua, Be not afraid because of them, for tomorrow about this time will I deliver them up all slain before Israel. Thou shalt hop their horses and burn their chariots with fire. So Joshua came and all the people of war with him against them by the waters of Merom suddenly, and they fell upon them. And Yahuwah delivered them into the hand of Israel, who smote them and chased them unto the great Zidon and unto Mishrafoth Maim and unto the valley of Mizpah eastward. And they smote them until they left them none remaining. Hallelujah. So we have the waters of Marom. So Marom speaks to a high place or something that's um, a place that's exalted. You know, waters of Marom can speaks to truths that are exalted. You know, and we had Zidon or Zidon, you know, speaks to a hunting or a fishery. And then we have uh, Miss Ref. Fofmaim speaks to combustion or 
burnings of water. You know, and so here it is. We have a picture, you know, of the Israelite going into battle and, you know, against a great multitude. And, and, and this is how it is in our actuality. You know, you, you know, like in my world, you know, um, everyone I knew gambled. I mean, I honestly didn't know anyone who didn't. You know, and and that's how it was. I you know I grew up in a gambling household. Everybody in my family gambled. Everybody. Um, um, you know, that's not just my immediate family, I'm talking aunts, uncles, cousins, you know, uh, just everyone gambled, you know, it's just like, that was the thing to do, you know, so, uh, this was a very, this was a very rough enemy to, for me to defeat, you know, and I remember when I had this battle that we're reading about, you know, and I became victorious. You know, I remember when Yahuwah delivered them into my hand, you know, and I smote them and chased them, you know, into to the point where the ones that was left, I began hunting them and taking them out, you know, one by one, you know, and I burnt their truths, you know, from my mind. I destroyed them. And that's how you have to do with the enemy. I know it sounds cruel, you know, on the outside, especially from a physical perspective, you know, but from a spiritual perspective, this is what needs to be done. And if you do anything less, you'll find yourself having to fight that battle again. And you don't want to fight that battle again after God has given you the victory because it becomes much, much more difficult. You know, verses 9 and 10 goes on to say, And Joshua did unto them as Yahuwah obeyed him. He hooed their horses and burnt their chariots with fire. And Joshua at that time turned back and took Hazor and smote the king thereof with the sword. For Hazor before time was the head of all those kingdoms. So scripture is painting a picture that depict the Israelites not only killing off their enemies, but also destroying the knowledge and the doctrines or reasoning they use to fight against them with, you know, um, and the, the knowledge is depicted by the horses, you know, um, and the idea behind that is when you sit on a horse, you're, you're up high, you know, you become, it's a picture of being high-minded, if you would, you know, and speaks to knowledge and not so much that that comes from Yah but natural knowledge because it's not Yah that lifted you up it was flesh that lifted you up you know and the chariots speaks to types of doctrines or reasoning you know and so these are the type of things that the enemy utilize when they fight against you you know take for instance when Yah gave me the victory of of Yah being of Hazor in the kingdom of Elohim within me. I had to use the edge of the sword to kill its king and its subjects. And for, for the longest, my sword wasn't sharp enough. You know, this wasn't the first time I had this, I had battled Yah being 
but I'm just speaking of when I actually, y'all gave me the victory. But I had many battles with this guy and I got whooped and it was all because my sword wasn't sharp enough. You know, and so y'all finally gave me a sharp edge on my sword, one in which I could utilize to kill and defeat my foe. See, my problem with gambling is I couldn't find it nowhere in scripture where it says, thou shalt not gamble. And so as a result, you know, I found myself, you know, thinking strange things, you know, such as, you know, maybe y'all can use gambling to help me. You know, I figured well, if I won, that was a blessing. Seemed logical to me, you know, um, especially at the time, you know, I was, I was ignorant. You know, he's using those spirits from the north, the darkness to cover my mind. You know, I, I didn't know no better. You know, but I couldn't find in the word. I couldn't sharpen my sword enough in the word to where I could definitively slay my enemy. Until this one particular night. And I'll never forget it. This one particular night, you know, God had me doing a study on the works of the flesh. And I came to this particular work of the flesh. You know, works of the flesh is found in Galatians 5, um, 19 through 21, but... I just have 19 and 20 here. It says, Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, variance, emulations, wrath, strifes, seditions, heresies. You know, and when I got to emulations, you know, I wasn't familiar with that word. So I began to research it. And I began to look it up. And... In doing so, I looked it up in Webster's 1828 Dictionary. And this is what it said. It said, emulation, the act of attempting to equal or excel in qualities or actions, rivalry, desire of superiority, attended with effort to attain it. Um, and then... Part two of the definition was contest, contention, strife, competition, accompanied with a desire of depressing another. And so like this, this struck me like a ton of bricks because all of gambling is simply a contest. It's a contest to win the money in, in, in the middle of the table. You know, it's a competition. Accompanied with a desire of depressing another. Because to win, you have to depress another. You have to you have to get their you have to get their money and you you know, um and then when I was gambling I found myself, you know, wanting to break my opponent. You know, uh not physically but take all their money as break them as and take all their money, you know. 
and then nobody is happy when they lose. <laughs> you know, and so if that so happens, then you know they're looking like this little sad puppy. You know, um, you know, same look that I've had countless times. You know, when I've lost. You know, but this is what it looks like when the enemy gets the best of you. You know, and so when I ran across this, you know, I finally had something in scripture that I could utilize on my enemies. You know, that I believe could free me from the stronghold of gambling. Because now I begin to repent. I begin to repent. Can anybody tell me what repentance means? Change your mind. To think differently. I began to think differently about gambling. I began to see gambling as emulation. A work of the flesh. And that's all I needed. Now that I could see and I had evidence that it was against Yah's will it was much easier for me to stop. Because I began to think differently. No longer was I thinking that Yah was blessing me through that. Let me have my next reader read Joshua 11, 11 through 14. And they smote all the souls that therein with the edge of the sword, utterly destroying them. There was not any left to breathe and he burnt his heart with fire. And all the cities of those kings, and all the kings of them did Joshua take and smote them with the edge of the sword. And he utterly destroyed them, as Moses, the servant of Yahuwah, commanded. But as for the cities that stood still in their strength, Israel burned none of them, save his heart only. That did Joshua burn. And all the spoil of these cities, and the cattle, and the children of Israel took for a prey unto themselves, but every man they smote with the edge of the sword until they had destroyed them, neither left any to breathe. Hallelujah. Likewise, I had to kill off every man that the enemy used against me as I um, fought with Hazor um, of, of my land, the Hazor of my land, that is gambling. I had to kill off every man the enemy used to fight against me. Now this, you know, this is was this wasn't an easy thing to do. You know, because even though like I was recognizing these spirits, you know, I was recognizing in people that I knew and loved. I was recognizing them in people that I that I cared for. But nevertheless, I had to smite all the souls that were therein with the edge of the sword. I couldn't, I could no longer hang out with the folks I once called my friends. I couldn't no longer hang out with even some of my family, with much of my family. Yeah, pretty much all of my family. Because they all did it and they all would tempt me. And I, I would see the enemy in them fighting against me. You know, and so it was a very rough time. 
but I had a sharp sword because I repented. I now thought differently. It made it much easier for me, you know. And so I was able to burn down Hazor. I was able to burn gambling from out of my life. And I thank Yah every day, so much so that you know, like I, I don't even, I don't even make little sayings. You, you know, I, I mean, I, I remember growing up. You know, uh, I always would be like, you know, I'll say something, someone will say something opposed, and I say, I, I, you know, I bet you won't, or I bet you don't. You know, I don't even use that terminology anymore. I eradicated bet from out of my vocabulary. You know. I won't bet you I wake up in the morning. You know, and then I had had the enemy come at you. Well, let's let's just um, you know, I, I know you don't gamble no more, so let's just play for push-ups. I don't gamble. Period. Not for push-ups, not for money. You know, I'm not going to bet I can beat you to the corner. <laughs> when y'all gives you victory over your enemy, you have to just utterly destroy them. And I finally had my sword sharpened to the point to, to where I could do that. You know, and I didn't leave any of them breathing. You know, and I know like much of my family look at me differently, you know, now because I just stopped coming around. You know, they'll have get togethers and this, that, and the other, and I wouldn't go. I just wouldn't show up, you know. And um, you know, I know I was the talk of the, you know, the talk of the of the gathering for a while, but I was done. You know, I had entered into the kingdom of Elohim, and Yah had given me the victory. You know, I had escaped that stronghold. That stronghold. I was no longer bound um, by gambling. I burnt it to the ground. And I still thank y'all to this day for helping me to do so, for giving me that victory. Because, man, that was a rough one for me. After killing Yabin and his followers with the edge of the sword of the word of Elohim, I still had to deal with my Hazor, which, again, was gambling. Therefore, I burnt down, I burnt it down via repentance. You know, I did it by thinking differently concerning it. Hence, I no longer thought that when one wins while ga whilst gambling, that it's Yah's way of blessing them. I understood now that that's not Yah's way, way of blessing anybody. You know, I then had to maim the horses, that is the knowledge of gambling, that my enemy had used against me, such as my understanding of, of the odds of winning that gambling. You know, I had learned, you know, all the odds concerning concerning um, uh, shooting dice, you know, and even with many other card games, you know, the likelihood of y'all being behind the dream that I, um, that I had whereby I received a number or a hunch I came across, which was leading me to gamble. You know, if I had a dream, I was taught, you know, I grew up thinking like you had a dream mode, you had to play it in the lottery, you know. Um, you know, you ran across a hunch. You had to, you had to play the number. 
you know, no, that that was just my enemy. That was that wasn't no useful knowledge. That was just my enemy. That was that was uh his horses, if you would, you know, that he was riding upon. You know, lastly I had to burn the chariots. That is the doctrines gamblers utilized against me, such as how I need to count cards to get an edge. When to take a hit or hold, you know, while playing blackjack. And if someone hit you, um, took some, someone took a hit when you thought they should have stayed, and you lose, you lose the hand, it was somehow due to the person who took the ill-advised hit. Because they didn't follow the rules, that's why you lost. No, that's not why you lost. You just lost. You just lost. It's no one's fault why you lost. You shouldn't have been gambling. You lost because you were gambling, not because someone took a hit on on um, 17. You know, or didn't hit on 16. Or how the casino secretly uses plants to go and do such things to throw one's lucky streak off. Yeah, I used to think, like, you know, the, the casinos pay people to go and mess up people's street. They luck street, you know, by having them do something stupid, like, you know, hitting on 17, <laughs> you know. No. You know, or if you shuffle the cards before looking at them, it'll somehow bring you luck. No, this is going to be the same cards after you get finished shuffling them as before you shuffle them. Or that when my luck was on me, I couldn't lose. Hence, that's when they increased my wager. No, that's just how you lose more money. You increase your wager, you lose more. And there were many others. But it wasn't until Yah showed me the edge of the sword I needed to fight my Yabin, you know, the, um, the intelligence um, was able to take my, my Hazor, to take my gambling, bring down, pull down my stronghold. For I was certain that it was Yah blessing me when I when I won. So I, I, that was the biggest thing for me when I began to think differently, you know, because I just knew it was Yah blessing me when I won because I didn't understand demons at the time. See, I didn't understand demons at the time, but I understand them now. When you look at demon and you look up the word, it speaks, you know, Many dictionaries that speak of it as an evil spirit or a devil that exhibits force or a cruel and destructive supernatural being. You know, and that's a fair definition. But scripturally, that's not what I find. You know, um, not per se. You know, when I look up the word translated as devil or um, demon in the Greek, I find that is demonizomai, number 1142, meaning to be exercised by a demon, to have a demon or be vexed with or be possessed with a devil. Now, the interesting thing is, it's, it's etymology, you know, it's root. It comes from daemon, or essentially demon. Um, 1142, which means to distribute fortunes. A demon or a supernatural spirit. See, today I understand that demons 
distribute fortunes. And so when I thought my luck was on me, when I thought Yah was blessing me because I was winning, that was just the spirit that was guarding over me to keep me bound by distributing fortunes to me. That was the demons that was giving me those winnings, not Yah. I don't think I'm the first to think that a demon in my life was Yah. And I'm sure I won't be the last. So please understand the nature of demons is to distribute fortunes. And just because something is bringing fortune in your life doesn't mean that it's of Yah. You know, this is why you, you hear about all the reports about the stars that sell their souls for fame and fortune. Well, if you think about the essence of a demon and what their nature is to do to distribute fortunes, then that makes absolute sense. They sell their souls for fame and fortune. The demon gives, distributes them fortune and they in turn distribute the demon worship. Or room and board. Or both. I've seen many would-be believers make this mistake, but you can't tell them otherwise for all they see is their needs being met. Therefore, they think it, it, it can't be anyone other than Yah behind it, but nothing can be further from the truth. Sometimes that job that you have can be of a demon because that job keeps you from serving Yah. And but the first thing people will say is, Yah gave me this job. He don't want he don't want to see me begging bread. He gave me this job so I can feed my family. He gave me this job. But if, if that job won't allow you to serve him, did he really give you that job? Think about it. You know, or you know, whatever it is that you utilize to receive fortunes. You know, just because you view the fortune as a good thing doesn't mean it came from Yah. Because everything that looked good isn't good. There's an old saying, you know, um, actually, I learned it through gambling. <laughs> it says, you know, all money, not good money. And I hold on to that one because there's a lot of truth to it. All money, not good money. Just because you receive some money, just because you receive some fortune, doesn't mean it came from Yah. And all good money comes from Yah because there's nothing good but Yah. You know, so I pray that my example of how I overcame the enemy when I came into the kingdom of Elohim. And I pray it helps some some of you, you know, overcome your foes. That's all I have for you today. Pray it was a blessing.
questions? Any questions? Uh, I don't think uh, that you uh, said anything about food, did you? Or did I miss that? Anything about food in relation to what? Demons, addiction. Oh yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And you can that could be a stronghold, absolutely. Yeah, that's right. You know, but you know, I couldn't list everything. There's so many things that can be a stronghold, you know. Um, but yeah, this yeah. food definitely is one of them. It's one of the seven deadly sins. Right, right. Uh, you know that that's uh, and that's one that's very prevalent in today's uh, body of young. Yeah, absolutely. You know, gluttony is uh, that's what I meant to say. Gluttony is one of the seven deadly sins. But um, absolutely, yeah, that could be. You know, um, your yabin. You know, so that that could uh, that could be your your uh, your hip, hazor rather. You know that yabin rules over. Could be could be gluttony. You know, so you know, uh, and many other things. You know, um, you know everyone. It, it it differs for for different people. You know, mine just so happened to be gambling. Yours may be gluttony. You know. And the next person's may be, you know, uh, drugs, you know, or what have you. Mm -hmm. I must say, was gluttony because I'm fighting that demon, and I've lost thirty pounds. So, Hallelujah. 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 I have to fight though. I can't yeah. fight David. Yeah. More questions. That word emulation. I I realize I guess I never looked it up. And the definition really surprised me. Yeah, it surprised me too. Um, is would that would that go for a competition too? Do you like sports? It could. Depends on the reason why you're doing it. It. You know, it's it's like it's like most things. You know, it's a double-sided coin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 